hello, 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 my beautiful dancing unicorns. Welcome back to AG University podcast. It's me at Anna Grace Newell, your host, your guide speaking today, but I have an amazing guest and friend coming on, Elise Dusso. She is a Reiki practitioner. She is an intuitive guide. She has so many gifts, but most importantly, her true soul's purpose is she is here to help others through grief and she is a grief counselor. So just a friendly heads up, we are going to be talking about death and dying, but through a really beautiful positive lens. And if it's something that you've been struggling with, I think this conversation can be very healing. Elise is someone that really inspires me. We've been friends on Instagram for a long time and it was really cool to finally get her on the podcast because her story is just so powerful and impactful and really I cried when she was talking throughout this interview. I think if I hadn't been on the mic I would have cried a little bit harder but I was trying to keep it together for the sake of the interview because it's just really she is such an inspiration and so strong and has she just has so much wisdom that I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story and also hear her advice. She gives a lot of really good tips and takeaways and insights for all of you guys out there who may be struggling with the loss of a loved one. So without further ado, I just want to say thank you so much on behalf of AGU, Elise Dussault. Welcome to the show. You guys, uh, today I have a very special guest, a very special friend, Elise Dussault. She is an intuitive, a Reiki healer, grief counselor. She has a plethora of knowledge and so much life experience that I'm so excited for her to share her journey and just to give you guys a glimpse into her lens, her perspective. And yeah, just on behalf of AG University, we're so excited that you're here, Elise. I'm so excited to be here. I I can't believe we're sitting here finally doing this together. It's been a long time coming. I'm so happy and excited to be sitting here with you. I know, me too. We've been IG friends. So we actually got connected through our mutual friend, Kim Salter, which you guys probably remember her on the podcast. She is an intuitive medium. We talked about quantum jumping and all the things. Check out that episode. We love Kim. That's how we got connected. And we've been friends. We love her. We love Kim. (laughs) We know she's listening. So shout out to Kim. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Kim. We love you. Kim's the ultimate just connector. And everybody that's going through like any type of difficult time or awakening, I feel like Kim has been our guide. So also really cool. We're all projectors. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I was on Elisa's podcast recently and I just talked her face off for literally an hour. And today I want you to just, I want you, I want you to talk my face off selfishly. I want to hear your whole story from the beginning. If you want to go back to childhood, take us there because you guys, this is a powerful story. Wow. Okay. Let's just, yeah, let's just start at birth. So it was June 13th. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I would go there. I would follow you. (laughs) Totally kidding. Okay. So my story really starts, I would say, um, 2020. So, so many of us, um, 2020 was a big transformative year. As we all know, the world went through a lot. I went through a lot. Um, so many people in the world experienced loss, including myself. Um, I, I've been in Nashville since about 2009. I went to school here. I went to Belmont university and I loved it so much. I just stayed here after I graduated. And of course I was moving through life, trying to date, meet new people. 
and I would join Tinder. This was like the very beginning of the dating app world. I feel like back in 2015, when I met my partner, Jared, um, Tinder was like, what's the word? It was very um, taboo and kind of embarrassing to say you met someone on a dating app. Um, So Jared and I connected through dating app Tinder and we went on our first date in October of 2015 and kind of just hit it off from there. He was like, unlike anyone else I ever met, he was incredibly smart, knew like an insane amount of facts about movies. I like couldn't keep up with him. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like incredible. Um, and we, we just started building a life together over the next five, six years. And, um, we were engaged in 2018 and we kind of just decided like, we're just going to stay engaged for a while. We're not going to get married. Like there's always this outside pressure from everyone around you to make a decision. What, when's the wedding going to be? You know, that's everyone's first question. Did you find a dress? You know, Mm -hmm. all the, all the things. And so we kind of just, we're like, we're going to do our own thing. We might elope. We're, we're figuring it out. And we stayed in that limbo for a good two years. And then COVID happened. Um, right. And in June of 2020, Jared was uh, riding out somewhere after work to go visit his brother. And unfortunately, he was hit by a drunk driver. Mm. And it was a major accident. Um, and I unfortunately did not find out until the next morning. And... Of course, as you can imagine, getting news like that, um, if you can put yourself in that situation for a second, it's just horrific, an unthinkable loss. Um, The night before, we had been living together, of course, and the night before, I remember like waiting for him to come home and having this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, like something's not right, because normally your partner will check in with you, be like, oh, I'm going to be home late, you know, so on and so on. And I hadn't heard from him. And I remember sitting up in my bed, it was like midnight at this point, And I was Googling like traffic cams and traffic accidents in Nashville, trying to figure out like, did something happen? I just had this gut feeling my, you know, what I would now call my intuition. And I actually saw the, like the actual accident, like an image of it, but it was so blurry. I couldn't make out what the vehicles were. There was no um, information about the drivers involved. So I kind of just told myself, at least you're crazy, go to sleep. And it wasn't until like 5am the next morning, I got a call from his mother asking me um, if it was true. And so that was when I first found out. And from there, um, life did a 180. You know, I Mm -hmm. took some time off work, um, spent a lot of time just with his family. You know, you do the things that people do, you gather, you celebrate someone's life. Um, and then from there, I felt like I didn't know where I belonged anymore, if that makes sense, because so much of my life was wrapped up in him and our life together and what we were together as a couple that I was like, okay, who's Elise now, you know? Mm-hmm. And all I wanted more than anything was to feel connected to him again. And I would have these moments of where I could like feel him sitting in the passenger seat next to me in the car, or I would be sitting up in bed and I almost for, I could feel like his touch next to me on his side of the bed or on his pillow. Um, all these little moments where I like kept feeling like he was close to me. But at this point in time, like I wasn't even sure if I believed in heaven and hell. I was very much like, 
like we talked about before, I grew up Catholic. I was very much removed from that world, and I didn't know what I believed about what happens after we pass. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think there was any possible way that he could be in this other plane where I could connect with him like this. And it wasn't until um, just after Christmas of that year, I read this book called Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. It's my favorite book. I literally recommend it to everyone I know who's going through a loss. It's so amazing. I literally have like a pile of them over here that I just gift out to people. And I um, I saw your I saw your story how Amazon accidentally quote quote sent you like six extra copies. Yeah, sorry, I had yeah I had ordered one copy for someone who I know recently lost someone, and I got six in the mail. So there'll be a giveaway happening. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but look be on the lookout for that. So I read this book, this amazing book, and I suddenly decided like okay I'm gonna. I'm going to play here. I'm going to see what is what can truly happen. And I started asking for specific signs. And that's what Laura Lynn talks about in her book is that we all have this ability to connect with our loved ones in spirit. And you can do so by receiving signs like songs, um, certain animals that maybe speak to you. Uh, it can come in so many different ways. That's what I've learned is... It's not just the feather on the ground that we hear or the coin in your path. There's so many different ways that signs can come through. And you you have the ability to ask your loved ones for a specific sign. And that's what I started doing. And I quickly realized that I wanted to get some validation for what I was seeing, hearing, and feeling from my loved ones. And that's when I sought out a medium. And I got connected with our good friend, Kim Salter. And when I sat with her... The, the messages that started coming through, it was unreal. You could not deny that how connected Kim was. The first message that came through was him asking her to tell me, are you a runner or are you a walker? And when I first heard this, I'm like, what, what is he asking? And I, then I put it together. Like it took me a second. His last name was Walker. He literally wanted me to say the words, I'm a walker. Because we were supposed to be married. Oh, it's going to make me cry. Yeah. It was, I instantly, like, I had just, obviously, I had just met Kim for the first time. I was trying to hold back tears. Um, it was such an emotional and beautiful reading and gave me so much validation of all the things I already knew yeah. about us and our connection. And from there, things just kind of, I went on a, that rabbit hole, like the spirituality rabbit hole where I wanted to learn I know you know this, like every single thing Mm -hmm. I possibly could about spirituality. So I read all the books. I listened to all the podcasts. I tried all the different modalities, intuitive readings, Reiki. And I was trying to find what I felt connected to. And I think at that point, I didn't even realize that I was going to be doing this for work. Like that this was going to become my life, my career. And it wasn't until I had my first Reiki session which I initially sought out to help release some anxiety that I was experiencing through my grief that I decided uh, I want to help people in this same way. And I feel really connected to this modality and it kind of snowballed from there. I quit, very quickly got my certification and, and opened my business within, I think, five or six months. And here we are now. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, I've cried like three times. I haven't said anything while she was talking, but I'm just like, it's such a powerful story. And I, I think if we, if I was sitting here alone, I would just let myself have a good cry right now because it's so beautiful. And it's so, I'm like, one, I'm sorry that you lost him, but also I'm so excited that you've gotten to know him and this other realm, this spirit realm was open for you because mm -hmm. I, you know, was talking with a friend recently and sometimes it really takes these experiences in life and death for us to really learn like, wow, there is this whole other world, this whole other realm, this, there are angels and loved ones and people watching over us, but it really takes sometimes the most intense experience of our life to awaken us to those. It does. And I, I always say, I wish I didn't have to get there this way through this yeah. experience, but I'm so glad that I did. And that right. Jared gets to know this version of me. Yeah. Because when you guys were together, do you, were you spiritual? Were you open? Where were you at? I was not spiritual. It was very much, I wouldn't have called myself an atheist, but I didn't, I feel like I just believed in nothing, if That's that makes sense. And I was very much just wrapped up in my life. Like I've told you this before, we were like so deep into the fitness and health and wellness world. Like we were crossfitting seven days a week. If there was an eighth day, we would have been there. Like we were so so in it, I was going to train to be a health coach at that point. Like that's what I was going to do. Health and nutrition coaching. So this world that I'm in now is a complete 180 from where I was. And I don't know if I ever would have gotten here. If this experience, if I hadn't experienced this loss. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And it's, well, it's so interesting that you've always wanted to be a coach, right? Of some sort, you wanted to help people and you had that innately, but inside of you. But what people don't know they, they need is that when you lose someone, you are the light that someone will find. Elise is going to be the person you're going to help so many people because they're not even going to know they needed you. And then one day they're going to wake up and be like, Oh my God, Elise, you have literally saved my life. I do not know what I would have done without you because it's like, you have to go through those experiences, unfortunately, to step into our purpose and to connect with people mm -hmm. in this way that you were obviously designed to connect with them. And I don't want to, you know, downplay how sad and how tragic it is, but you and I spoke recently about how we really have had such a profound perspective shift and seeing the beauty in the situation. So for anyone that's listening and you've lost a loved one, I am so sorry. And it is tragic and it is terrible, but I promise you one, they never leave you. They're still connected. I do sessions similar to Kim, but connect with people all the time who are always there. They're so present. They're, they're, it's, it's like this perfect little thin veil. As you know, we always say the veil is thin and it's so true. But also, mm -hmm. too, it awakens us to this deeper sense of purpose that we didn't even know was inside of us or that we were capable of. So it's just a very painful but also beautiful tragedy and for you to have gone through this so young is just so mind-blowing yeah also i was it was he passed the day before my 29th birthday i think so there was also like that layer to it i was like oh fuck it's my birthday tomorrow like <laughs> So every, oh. every year, like I go through this layer of, we're about to come up on the third year anniversary here in just a couple of weeks. And there's always that layer of, I'm so sad because 
I have to celebrate. Like, I don't even know what word to use anymore for that. Like, here we are, we're, we're passing another year. And also I'm moving forward and moving into my, further into my thirties and I'm celebrating where I am in my life now. So there's, it's always, there's always a duality with that, with that week in June. Um, but when I go through it, I think about all the beautiful birthdays we did spend together and what we would have done together that year. And I, I always get some kind of gift from him in the form of a sign. And it's so, so amazing and cool when it comes in. Um, I'll tell this story real quick. That first year after he passed, my fir- the first death anniversary, um, I was turning 30. So it was a big birthday. And I remember uh, I had gone out to dinner with some friends and I came home. I was uh, spending a lot of time with my brother-in-law and their two kids, so Jared's brother and our niece and nephew. And we were sitting around the table having cupcakes and... I said to my nephew, Max, who was, I think he was only three or four at the time. And I said, do you know how old I'm turning? And I held up three fingers for, and a zero. I wanted him, I wanted him to say 30. Instead, he goes, Jared, Jared, Jared. And he's looking like beyond me when he's saying this to me. So I had no, like, to me, that was my gift of, like, that, that interaction. I was like, where did that come from? 100% little kids, especially before they're five, I swear they can just see the whole spirit realm. I'm convinced my niece Mm -hmm. right now, she's about to turn one. And my sister says all the time that she's having, you know, conversations and interactions and no one's there. And I'm like, it's probably a spirit. My sister thinks it's our grandmother, but it is, it's so crazy. Little kids can, they're just so tapped in. They are. They're so tuned in. Yeah. Were you like, where? I know. It's so crazy. I was like, what did he just say? Like, so in shock. It was so beautiful. So I've always gotten a little something like that every year. Yeah. Well, could you tell us a major aha moment where you're like, oh, this is real? Because I know I saw you post a real one time that was like, I talked to him and he talks back to me or like, I can hear him. I can feel him. So would you share that experience with us if you feel comfortable? Oh, yeah. I have like the moment exactly in my mind, this was very shortly after I had my reading with Kim. So we're talking, um, probably spring of 2021. And I was trying to get back into CrossFit almost in a way of like honoring Jared, even though my heart wasn't in it. And I was trying really, really hard to go back to the gym. So I was, I was still going back to our gym that we went to together occasionally. And I was in the middle of a workout And we're getting, we're on the rowing machine and it was like a four, a four round workout where you get a break, you get a minute break between each round. And I'm sitting there on the rowing machine and this gentleman sitting next to me says, oh my gosh, the third round is always the worst. And I heard this voice in my head that said, make it your best. And I knew, I knew immediately that it was Jared speaking to me in my ear. And I had never heard him like that, like audibly outside of my body before. And it was like, it was just something he would say, like just such a witty like comment to make you build yourself up rather than letting you sulk and tear yourself down about, oh, mm-hmm. this sucks. Like, this is really hard. Cause that's what I would say. I'd be like, I know, right? This shit sucks. But <laughs> instead he's like, no, make it your best round. Like do your best, put in your best effort. That's, that's Jared. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. Like that was him. 
And I couldn't, it's, from there on, I, I couldn't deny it. That's how I explain to people. It's, yes, it's coming into your thoughts and, you know, into your, and you can hear things audibly. I feel I'm clairaudient is like one of my strongest. I know everybody has different mm. senses, but I hear things and I know, you know for someone that hasn't experienced it, they kind of are like, are you crazy? But it's just so undeniable because it's so, I just can, I can feel it. I can feel the person. It's like my, the, there's a wave that comes through me. Like I just know I'm connecting with a spirit or with another person. And, and I think it's so cool and so amazing and so fascinating. But I know when it first happens, you're kind of like, what was that? What was that? Because that's how it was for me. <laughs> like, whoa. So, yeah. Whoa. So after you had that experience, did you, you know, start talking to him out loud or like what is, what was kind of the um, unraveling from there? Yeah. I think even before that I was talking to him out loud, um, but not, maybe I would have heard kind of a response in my head, but I quickly, like we do, our ego comes in and we say, oh, I'm making that up. So like I would be speaking to him out loud or even inside my mind's eye and I would hear a response. I'm like, oh, that's what he would say. You know, mm. I'm, I'm making this up to, to give me comfort, to make me feel better. I was, I wasn't fully believing at that point. And once I heard him in that way, where I, I didn't call upon him in that moment. He just came through with his witty comment. Um, from there on, yeah, I continued to talk to him. And every time I heard something back, I had this now knowing and trust that he was listening. And he would validate that with signs. If I asked for a specific sign, he would bring it through. Um, on my podcast, we talk so much about the crazy sign stories and things that come through because they are beautiful validations that our loved ones are with us. So if you, if are some, if you are someone who can't maybe go out and have a medium reading or you don't feel like you can hear your loved one audibly, it doesn't matter. Like ask for the signs and they'll come through in that way. That's the way they can be here for us physically. If mm -hmm. you will, like on this plane is with the signs and it's really, really beautiful and exciting when it happens. It's so cool when it happens. I get so lit up when one of my signs is delivered. I'm like, yay. I know. I know you can hear me. The universe is always listening. Wow. That is so amazing. I have so many questions floating around in my head. But I think, well, one, I do want to go a little bit deeper because I haven't had anyone on the show that does Reiki and... It kind of uses that as a healing modality. So I would love for you to take us there a little bit and how that helped you through your grieving process, maybe how that could help someone listening and just give us a little more info there. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I initially went to Reiki to relieve some anxiety I was having. A friend suggested it to me and I had no idea what it was. I was like, okay, sure, I'll try it. Like I'll do anything at this point. And when I had gone for my first session, I can't fully explain in words what I felt after, but I just knew I felt different. I felt a lightness, a wholeness that I didn't feel before. And so if you're not familiar with Reiki, it's a form of hands-on healing. It's a Japanese healing technique. And what it is, is literally channeling life force energy through our bodies. And life force energy is in all of us. It's literally, you can think about it as like the energy from God, if you believe in God. And um, what's happening when we're actually doing the Reiki is that we're 
moving this life force energy through your body to clear any energetic blocks that you may be having in your chakras. So um, for instance, we have a throat chakra. That's where our voice is held. If you are moving through life and you go through a trauma and maybe you're not able to use your voice or say the things that you want to say to someone, you might create an energetic block in your throat. And this can show up as sickness. It could be a neck pain. It could just kind of feel like a little throg, frog in your throat or like a, <clears throat> like a something that you just constantly need to clear your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, Reiki can come in and actually clear that energy from the blocked chakra and then allow you to use your voice in the way that you need to. Um, so it's this beautiful modality that is completely pain-free, um, very holistic, and it brings, it, it relieves so much stress, anxiety, um, definitely helps with health issues. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it cures cancer or anything, but I truly feel like maybe it could someday, (laughs) but, um, I found so much healing from it and I particularly love to use it with my clients who are moving through grief because when we're under this cloud of grief, a lot of times we are not able to open ourselves up to feeling the signs or hearing our loved ones and connecting with them in the way that we really could be able to. And I feel like the Reiki just kind of clears all that and allows you to work through some emotions maybe that you're not able to verbalize sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just opens you up to be able to feel, hear, and see more. It kind of is like a really great um, reset for your energetic body. Wow. That is so, I I believe in Reiki. It is so powerful. It is such an interesting, I've had Reiki maybe two times, but I really, when (laughs) when I was in Nashville, I wanted to book a session with you, but it didn't, it didn't align, but I I, I want to do a session with you Um, because you just, you radiate. I, I always tell people like there are people online that say they're healers and say all these things. And sometimes you're like, are they really, but you just radiate this authentic code that you're a healer. And, and through my eyes, that's just how every time I see you, I'm like, she is a healer. You are here to heal people. And I just want you to know that you just like radiate this like pure light energy. And I know that that life force energy is here to move through your body. So it's such a gift. Thank you so much. I do want to say too, like anyone has this ability to learn how to do Reiki. If you want to take, um, your level one course that, that teaches you how to do Reiki on yourself. And it's a beautiful practice just for self-healing. You I mean, maybe it's not something that you want to do for others and that's okay, but we all have this ability. And I really feel like even if you don't want to go ahead and take a course, this is a practice that you can do on your own. If you can imagine, um, even if you're in meditation or sitting in a quiet space, or maybe even you're at your desk at work and you're feeling overwhelmed, put your hands on your body somewhere and just imagine, um, even you could even do like a white light flowing from source or wherever you believe it's coming from through your crown, through your body and like directing it towards a certain space. That really is kind of what Reiki is just Mm -hmm. directing an energy, um, to a certain area of your body. It's essentially sending loving energy to the body. Yeah. It's just sending love and light. Really. You know, we always say that, Oh, I'm sending you love and light. Truly. That's what it is. Yeah. On a actual energetic level. How, where did you, can you take a course anywhere? What does that look like? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different people offering courses. There's definitely an option to do like an in-person course. You can look up in your area, just Reiki masters in your area. That's what you want to look for. Um, I worked with someone virtually. Her name is Stephanie Camille. 
And um, she goes by medium in the middle on Instagram. And she's an amazing Reiki master teacher. And she teaches levels one through three. So you can start at level one and go all the way up to your masters. It's a bit, I feel like it's pretty widely available, but it does, it can get expensive, the training for it. So that's why like, if you're just going to use it for self, I would probably first try just doing that little practice of sending yourself healing light energy and see how you feel. Um, and of course there's always the option to go further with it and learn and take the training classes if you feel called to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love having resources. You know, this is a university, so I want everyone to know. I'm like, where did you mm-hmm. get into where I've always thought about doing a Reiki training because, but I feel like I intuitively do it with clients. And so I'm honestly like, I have this kind of teetering with, do I always need a certification for things or should I just let my intuition lead? You know, we're such mm-hmm. a like, we're such a certification society, but sometimes I, I think that we know how to heal ourselves. We do. Oh, for sure. You know? So many of us think we need some kind of label or certification right. to claim that we are something when a lot of us naturally already have this ability, just like your intuition, like everyone's intuitive. You don't need to take a course to prove that you are intuitive or to get some kind of certification that you're a medium or a psychic or whatever it is. We all have it within us already. Totally. Oh, 100%. Do you feel like whenever you do Reiki sessions that you connect with your mediumship gifts? Like, I feel like you have so much there that you haven't even stepped into yet since it's so new. Yeah. So I am a developing medium that really started so early on. Um, so as I mentioned, I was connecting with Jared and then very quickly after, um, I started connecting with other people's loved ones and it was kind of on accident to be honest. Um, me too. So, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell this really fast because we were talking about Kim earlier, but, um, I went to the Nashville center's monthly sound bath that's benefiting the frequency center. It was, I think one of the first ones they held and I was there. Kim happened to be there, but we weren't sitting next to each other or anything. And we go into our meditation for the sound bath, you know, this beautiful space. And I start, feeling like uh, an energy close to me very much like when I connect with Jared but it just felt different it didn't feel like Jared and I was like okay what is this and I started getting information names um, uh, occupation all these things and I went up to Kim after class and I said hey um, can I ask you a question about your mom because I knew that her mom had passed and I said is your mom's name Cindy she's like yeah and it And so I started, like, I was connecting with her mom in class, and we both had to go our separate ways. We had to get home, but we texted, like, that whole night, and I basically was, like, giving her a reading through text messages. It was was wild, and I was like, how crazy and beautiful that the first spirit that's going to come to me is Kim, who is my mentor, and, like, I was doing coaching with and everything. Um, I just thought it was this really beautiful moment, and it felt safe to connect with that spirit, you know? Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. Cindy, that is wild. I was not expecting you to say it was Kim's mom. It's so meant to be. I mean, I said that you and Kim give me such um, past life. Like y'all have been together in a lot of different ways. For sure. Even like y'all's, I don't know how to describe this. Maybe it'll make sense to someone listening or you, but like when I see you guys, I see similar energy almost in the sense of you guys look alike, but you don't physically look alike. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like you look yeah. alike. Do you know, it's almost like <laughs> that thing of like, you know, when you'll be hanging out with your best friend and you guys spend all this time together and people will start to say you look alike, even though you think you look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. It's like your energy starts to like meld, if that makes sense. 
Yes. Oh, totally. I mean, I think they say that after once, if you're with someone for like 20 years and living together, it's like, you don't actually really look alike, but your energy looks alike. It's, it's uh-huh. hard to explain, but that's how I feel about you and Kim. Like y'all have this like very similar energy to me. Like, I'm like, you guys almost seem like y'all were like mother, daughter, sisters or something in a past life. I don't know. It's so interesting. Yeah. We, yeah, we for sure had past lives together, but I say all that. I forgot where the point of the story was going, but yes, (laughs) um, I do have, uh, spirits kind of, I say they like leak into my session, but they really like, I started inviting them in to help me in healing. So in the beginning, I was way too scared to deliver messages to the person that was here for Reiki, right? I didn't want to freak anybody out. So what I would do is, um, when I got to someone's heart chakra, when I was working on them, I'd say, Um, if there's anyone, any loved ones here for so-and-so on the table, you know, help me in this healing. And I would feel them come in and kind of almost like their hands on my hands on top of my hands and helping me move through the Reiki session. Um, and of course, over time this evolved and it became, it just became too prominent where it was taking up a lot of time in the sessions. So I've, I've kind of steered away from giving any mediumship type information in my sessions, but that's why I also offer intuitive readings now. So the intuitive readings, I I allow that to come in a lot more. We spend more time on that and it gives me a space to practice my mediumship as well. Yes. Oh, totally. And, and you're like, to me, you're, I know you said you're evolving, but I'm like, you're there. (laughs) You're there. (laughs) Like you had such an, you were just cracked open. So deeply emotionally connected to this situation. You know, I feel like it really does come from our heart. It's like, that's how I felt with my near death experience. I was just cracked open to this whole, you know, world. And I feel like once you're there, it's just like everything kind of floods in. But I know that feeling of like, Oh, when do I tell people like, how do I deliver a message? Like I'm hearing this, but you know, oh, I know. A- I remember the first time it happened, I was taking like, um, this is before my business officially opened. I was taking like practice clients, Reiki clients. Um, and it was kind of a, an acquaintance from the gym that I was going to at the time. And I was working on her and I felt her grandmother come through Mm. and I was like, should I tell her? Should I not tell her? You know, I'm thinking about it as I'm working and she and I decided to go to dinner together after the session and we're talking and we're chatting and I was like, so, um, do your grandparents live in Nashville? You know, trying to get some information without directly asking her. She goes, well, actually, um, my grandmother died, uh, three years ago today and I'm wearing her necklace. Ah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I was just like, got chills. I was like, there it is, you know? So I opened up to her and I told her at that point that I had been connecting with Jared because she knew Jared as well. And, um, so I think it, everything just kind of happened gradually in a perfect way. Like that didn't feel scary. You know, oh, I just yeah. very gradually introduced all this stuff into my work, into my life. And even like with telling family and friends, like, yeah. Tell us about That's that. That's so scary. Right. Um, yeah. even like telling my family that I was connecting with Jared, you can imagine what kind of looks you're going to get when you tell someone something like that. Right. They're kind of like, uh, at least do we need to check you in somewhere? Like, are you okay? Um, but I think they saw how happy I was. And so they supported that. And Aww. so, um, to me, even now, I don't think they quite get any of it 
but I have their support and they see how happy it's making me. So, um, we've kind of come to an understanding with that, I guess, but, um, it's been, it's been a gradual process. I've slowly peeled back the layers, just like as you did with, um, you're, you're coming out of the spiritual closet, like telling Austin gradually and, um, telling your family and then telling, eventually telling the world on your podcast. Um, I've kind of done the same in my personal life as well. Yeah. It's a slow, it's a, it's a gentle peeling. You know, it's so <laughs> funny too, because I really had, I, I joke now that like, I, I didn't tell Austin for six months we were together, you know, that I was full blown running a reading operation out of my house, like very much so. But I, it's not actually true. I kept trying to tell him, but he was not like understanding what I was saying. <laughs> like he would be like, he, you know, I would try to drop like very large, subtle hints of like, yeah, you know, I'm like really into like energy work stuff. And he'd be like, cool, love that. Yeah. You know, but it was like, he had no idea what I was talking about. And it, I just remember like, there was like three different times that I like really tried to tell him and I was like, this is, this guy's, he's really clueless. He's so clueless. But, and, well, we know most of the time with men, we have to be very direct on what we're saying, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So you totally. saying, oh, I, 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 I'm into energy work. He's probably like, energy what? You know? Yeah, totally. He's like, ah, I don't know what that is. And then finally, I always tell people we were playing this game called We Are Not Really Strangers. And there was a card. And it was like, what's one secret you've been hiding from me? And I'm like, pull the card. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, I talk to dead people. How about yeah. you? <laughs> so I run a, um, an energy work practice and that's actually me communicating with spirits. And he's like, and I'm like, and I'm honestly good at it. And I have kind of a long wait list and it's like a thing. And he was totally like, uh, wow. Oh, oh, you know, he was like kind of speechless. And I was like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you for a while, but like, people have interviewed, interviewed me on their podcast about it. Like I'm a little worried you might start to like hear about it. Cause I wasn't like fully out as I was, but like people who knew, like, if you know what I was talking about, they knew, you know, like mm -hmm. you could kind of put together what I was talking about anyways. But I will say that I'm in the same boat as you is that my family doesn't totally understand, but they are supportive and they think it's cool. I mean, they're like, Oh, neat. You know, interesting. But I think that that's probably the place when you and I talked about this is that we don't have to convince anyone. We don't have to tell them of like what it is or totally explain it. I think that just allow people to receive the information from a place of acceptance is the greatest gift we could ask for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a gradual process. I see like, I even, you probably see this too. Like my family is starting to be like curious, you know, they have curiosities about like what it is like. Even my older sister, um, who's very much like, did not believe in any of this stuff. Like I've tried to, we've kind of like, she's even booked a reading with Kim, you know, I don't think it ended up working out or whatever, but she's like starting to dip her toes in the water. Cause she's, I think she sees how happy and connected I am. And I feel like, you know, you want to have that with your loved ones. And even my mom too, she's, she's very curious and, you know, she misses her grandmother who's passed so incredibly much. And she's just like, I don't understand the connection and how it works, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and that's probably your role in your family as it is my role in my family is to be mm. this kind of activator energy for the whole family. Because my mom had the same gifts as me, as did my grandmother and my grandmother knew 
but was too afraid because, you know, we were like Catholic family. She didn't want people to know. And then my mom kind of closed her gifts off just out of not stepping into them, using them, or maybe being scared or whatever. And so I think there's kind of this remembering that comes with it too when they see it in us. And maybe I'm sure for for you, there's always some type of ancestral line of our energetic gifts are passed mm. down. So there's yeah. someone there, maybe they just hadn't tapped into them and you were the one to step into your power. I would love to learn more. I wish I had more um, ancestors still alive, like great grandparents and stuff to learn that. Um, my grandmother, like on my mom's side is so closed off. She's very, very much still in her Catholic faith, which is beautiful. And I'm so glad that she enjoys that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be in there somewhere. And I would love to learn more. Did you see spirits and stuff when you were little? I did, but I think, you know, for me, it was, I think I could hear, like, I was always having like imaginary friends and conversations and I remember seeing things at night because it's funny because now that I've gotten older, I like sometimes get a little bit afraid of the dark because <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was a kid seeing things, but I don't think it was ever anything scary. I think it's just when you're seeing, you know, things at night, you're like, ah, what was that? <laughs> um, uh-huh. But I do remember that as a child, like seeing things at night. And then I always remember hearing and like having conversations. I was always like, I was a weird little kid. I was always fascinated by dreams. Like I was studying like Sigmund Freud stuff. Dreams were a time where I was like very connected. I was always really intrigued with them outside of a spiritual kind of capacity. Hi guys, it's me. I wanted to update you really quickly on some new features that is part of our AG University curriculum. As we mentioned here, I have a new course that's all about feeling safety and protection as we sleep. So really great if you ever get scared at night or have nightmares. It is a channeled prayer that I got from the Akashic Records all about a nighttime prayer of protection, safety. I also have a new home clearing that was highly requested by you guys. So I teach you how to clear your home and a your energy with the highest version of you, along with some angel card readings and some fun tools for you guys to have in your toolbox. So check out the link in the show notes, and that's all going to be there for our AG University course curriculum. Okay, back to the show. Love ya. I do remember seeing things at night and like not really understanding what I was seeing. But then when I obviously had my near-death experience and came back into that, a lot of that resurfaced again. So but it's crazy how much I forgot as a child, how spiritual I was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you feel that way too? I don't even know that I called it. Obviously back then I was like, didn't know that was spiritual. Right. Same. Yeah. But I think I was very connected in as well. Um, I never, like when I was a kid, I didn't see ghosts or anything like that. Like Kim talks about how she saw ghosts in her room. I remember having this recurring dream when I was a kid, I thought it was a dream where this woman would come to me and she would stand in front of me and she would count down from 10 down to one. And like when she was going to get down to one, like I knew something bad was going to happen. And I remember going to my mom's room every night for like two months because this woman kept visiting me in my dreams. Right. Um, right. And so now looking back at it, like years later, I'm like, oh, maybe it was a spirit. So it's, it's actually funny that you say that about the dreams because I just recently, one of the courses that I'm doing is a nighttime, um, basically like a, a way to not, I don't like the word control, but to set up a really 
safe container for our dreams and for sleep because I feel like a lot of times people have like scary dreams or stuff going on. I, I feel like there's a spiritual connotation there. So I just put together a course that I, I channeled from the Akashic Records and it's all about setting up a really safe container so that we feel safe going to bed at night. You know, you don't, no one likes having yeah. like scary dreams or anything like that, but I'm with you. I'm like the dream world and like when you have reoccurring stuff, I'm like, what is that? I, I still don't really totally know. It's confusing, but I know. I love that you're in a dream circle, by the way. I've heard you talk about that. I'm I'm so intrigued by this because I am such a per- like. I write down all of my dreams in a journal. I've been doing this for years, and I always tell my clients too when they're we're working in grief coaching, like write down your dreams and also ask your loved ones for dreams as well. And it might take a little time, but I feel like the practice of writing them down kind of helps your body, like, get into this rhythm process and also, like, a rhythm of remembering them better. Like, I always talk to people, they're like, I don't remember any of my dreams. I don't dream. I don't remember anything. Like, try just writing down little pieces, even if it's, like, one word. Like, you get up in the middle of the night and you write down one word that will help jog your memory in the morning. Um dreams are so fascinating and super cool. Like they're like a, I always tell people they're like, um, a window into another timeline. Totally. Oh, I know. I have had some dreams where I wake up and have massive breakthroughs, like Mm -hmm. truly like in serious channeled information comes through and I'll write like this whole three pages about something that I've dreamt. It's crazy. Like they're, yeah, I love that you have been writing. And that is very true. The more that you train yourself to write them down, the more that you'll remember. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to talk a little bit about your grief coaching and counseling and what that looks like and how you hold space for people. Because I feel like that's such a needed career for when you need, when you're grieving, you need that. And so like, how does that look? Take us through that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think grief coaching or grief counseling in general is a, a very new concept in the way that um, I think in the past, the resources available are typically like go see a therapist one-on-one or join some kind of like grief group locally to you. Like that's in history of time, that's kind of what's been available. Um, and I feel like what I'm doing is so different it's like its own completely own thing. Um, so when we're in grief coaching, one-on-one grief coaching together, I am helping people like me who have gone through grief are currently going through grief to reignite their connection with their loved ones in spirit. Because I have found through my journey and watching other people that I work with or am connected with that reigniting that connection and feeling um, like your loved one is close to you again kind of takes away that like massive um ache that you feel in your heart when you're missing someone so deeply that you love who's passed on um it brings this like closeness back that you never thought you would have again it's just it's just a continuation of the relationship is what it is so in grief coaching we're kind of finding that that sweet spot of how you can best connect with your loved one. Maybe for you, it is just through dreams. Maybe that's all you want and that's okay. Maybe for you, it's only asking for the signs and maybe for you, it's full on talking to them and hearing them in your ear and the signs and the dreams, like all of it. Um, so whatever best way feels most comfortable for them, that's what we're going to focus on. Um, 
I also take people through just navigating the changing relationships in their life. That is one thing I notice, especially with losing a partner, is that so much in your life changes. Your connection to people around you will change based on how they're processing grief. If they're not acknowledging the grief or your grief, um, this is just something that kind of happens naturally. A lot of people will say like, when I went through grief, I didn't feel like I connect with people around me anymore. You know, like even your closest friends, it might feel different and that's okay. And we can learn to navigate that in the best way that feels natural and still feels like you can keep a connection if you want to, or how does the relationship evolve? So there's kind of two pieces of it. We're, we're definitely focusing on moving forward rather than focusing on the past, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think that is when you are experiencing, wow, my relationships feel different? Do you feel that there's part of us that had to kind of turn down our emotions because it was too much to handle all at once? Or what do you, what is that energetically? Yeah. There's so many layers to it. That could for sure be it. Like sometimes it can feel like your grief is too much for people around you, especially if they didn't experience the loss in the same way. Like for example, with me losing a partner, um, maybe one of his close friends or a buddy or an, or just an acquaintance that we knew they're not going to feel the same level of grief that I'm going to because this was someone I spent every day with, right? It's not going to feel, it's going to feel sad, but it's not going to feel as big to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that element. There's also the element with family. Like for me with this being a partner, my family and extended family maybe does not understand the level of grief that I have for even still three years now. Um, so there's that layer. And as you move through all these layers, you might realize like you might need to let go of some relationships mm-hmm. or some you need to, you spend a little less time with, or it just, it changes a little bit. Um, and then there's people who come into your life too. Um, and that's something I really want to touch on is when you are moving through grief, you have this new level of compassion for people that you didn't have before. And I'm not sure when the switch flips, but it's almost like you attract in people who are also have gone through this experience. I cannot even tell you how many people I've called into my life, these amazing, beautiful friendships who just get it. Right. Mm. So there's, for me in my experience, this element of leaving behind some relationships that maybe didn't quite align anymore, but calling in so many beautiful new ones too. So I think a lot of people going through grief do experience that as well. Oh yeah. People that have, it's such a, I feel emotional awakening as much of it is as a spiritual awakening. Yes. Tap into these emotions that you didn't, you've never felt or experienced. And in some way we manifest relationships around us from our emotional tonality. So that makes Mm. perfect sense that you have drawn in these friends, but it's like, When you get to that point of these great topics of life and death, you want to connect with people who are so far past getting caught up in the bullshit of the silly nilly dilly daily life things. You're like, no, this is like, this is like, I want to live now. (laughs) Like I want to live and experience. And, and I, I found that with myself, not being able to connect with people who cared about really 
mundane, trivial things. I just didn't care anymore. I couldn't connect. And so Mm -hmm. that's just one way that I saw it evolve was like my emotional, I had this, like, we've kind of talked about this urgency to live life, you know, just like big, big life. And I think that's why a lot of people were attracted to my page without even knowing that I was spiritual or doing mediumship and all the things. But then once I came out and said it, they're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. (laughs) That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So that's so, yeah. I'm well, one, I'm really happy and excited for these new friendships. And I also have a friend that I want to connect you with too, (laughs) that has a similar ask story. And I'm like, how do I know two people that have, this This is crazy. I've got to connect you guys. And that's just how it continues to work Mm -hmm. and to evolve. But I guess to go ahead and conclude, what is maybe the, just the best piece of advice that you could leave our audience with if they have lost someone or just something that you wish you had known sooner? The one piece of information that I'm going to continue to scream from the rooftops for the rest of my life is don't let go of the relationship. And I'm talking about the relationship with your loved one. Um, So many people believe that because of what we've been shown probably in TV, movies, or just maybe even when you're a child seeing adults move through grief, there, there's this feeling of when we put them in the ground, when the funeral's over, when the casserole stops showing up at your front door, that that's when the grieving stops. It doesn't. It's a, it's a lifelong process. And with that, your connection is too. The most valuable thing I think you can find in your grief journey is finding whatever works for you. Maybe it's not through grief coaching or through looking for signs or asking for dreams. Maybe it's something different, but whatever helps you feel connected to your loved one, maybe it's spending an hour every day looking at pictures on your phone of memories, going through memories, or talking with your loved ones and telling funny stories about something they did or a great memory that you have together. Um, Whatever it is that helps you feel connected, keep tuning into that because I really feel like that is what is going to carry us through this life and help us feel close to them. And that's all we really want, right? Is to feel close to our loved ones and know that they're not, they're not in this unreachable place and that we have to wait until we died to feel close to them again. Yeah. Oh, that's the most beautiful advice ever. And I fully believe that and feel that. And just hearing your story, I'm like, I just, it, I mean, like 12 times I had chills and I was, had tears in my eyes because it's so beautiful and it's such a powerful message. And we do have this sort of false narrative that we've been shown that, you know, like you said, once the funeral's over, it's over and we've just got to move on. And it's like, no, we don't have Mm -hmm. to move on. We don't have to act like this person just didn't even exist. And then I think it's a really beautiful practice to celebrate the good memories and see the beauty and the experience and allow it to continue to be a part of your life and have a role and in a way that it shaped you into this person that you are now today. But I always, I, to this day, I lost pretty much all of my grandparents at a younger age, but my grandmother is one that I work with when I'm doing readings or if something's going on in my life. I wear her, this is her little cross necklace that I wear every single day. It's hers. And 
I just, I mean, she passed away when I was 10 or 11. I wasn't even, you know, into any of this work, but now I talk to her, I call on her, I pray to her, you know, if I need protection, she's always there. And my, now she's been showing up for my niece, Violet. My sister the other day was like, I swear I heard my grandmother used to always do like a little shh, like padding of the baby. Um, cause she had 10 kids by the way, she, she oh, had wow. a lot, but I know. And my sister said she heard it on the monitor. And I'm like, it was her. I know it was her. Yeah, like a That's little sh- amazing. Yeah. Comforting violet. I know. So, so cool. I, I love that. I think I think that that's such a um, beautiful advice for everyone to continue to explore what the relationship could look just in a different way than they knew possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, Elise. You're just such a special light beam, and I'm just so happy everyone got to hear you. Please let us know where everyone can find you and all of your information, pimp yourself out, all the things. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It was so good to be here and chat with you again. Um, So you can find me, I'm probably most active on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise, A-L-Y-S-E. And then I also offer, I do one-on-one Reiki virtually and in person in East Nashville, as well as grief coaching and now intuitive readings, which have quickly become my favorite uh, session to sit with people. Um, And then I also have a podcast called Grief Awakening, where we spend more time talking about everything that we spoke on today, connecting with our loved ones. And I have really amazing conversations with people who have gone through a similar journey. Um, And it's just more and more validation that all of this is real and can happen and you can continue the conversation with your loved ones. So that's where you can find me. You guys, please, if you have ever lost a loved one or someone in your life has lost a loved one and needs support, her podcast is such a great resource, such a good place to start, especially in terms of signs and angel numbers and all of the things. It's a really beautiful, supportive place. So I highly recommend. And yes, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait for this episode to go live. It's really Me so too. Good. Thank you, AG. I adore you. Mwah. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me. My scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.